Welcome to Too Many Audibles, where we discuss and debate the hottest topics around the sports world. If you like our content, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Too Many Audibles. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dev. We coming at you live with another episode of Too Many Audibles. I got the boys, C Hood, B Burris, and P Gas in the building with us tonight. Boys, how y'all feeling? Hey, I'm feeling real good. You know, my dog's 3-0. and We're about to move to 4-0, and assuming we play. So let's, <laughs> yeah. get, let's get it rocking. I'm excited. Death, taxes, Cam's Wi-Fi breaking, and UGA losing this weekend, boys. It's a good episode. What's up? <laughs> yes, sir. UGA losing this weekend. That's, that's one thing I can agree with. Wait, hold up. That's usually that saying usually goes along with the three guarantees in life. So why didn't you include FSU losing? <laughs> well, I don't think they'll lose this weekend, boy. Yeah, that's tough. That's that's it. what they got to buy or something. They, no. He snuck away from the smoke <laughs> Monday, but we didn't forget. We did not forget. Yeah, we play uh, UNC this weekend for so sure. For sure. So y'all definitely going to lose. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> hey, yo, real talk. I, Bryce, you better be rooting for Georgia because, you know, Bama single-handedly ruined y'all's program. Y'all have never recovered since losing to them two three years ago. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm still sad about it. There's a lot to be sad as a Florida State fan, so it's okay. Don't even worry what, about it. Yeah. What you got for his first day? Well, I mean, speak it, speaking, it, yeah, speaking of Bama, man – um, we're about to have a, a David versus Goliath matchup this Ooh. weekend, assuming that they play. Um, you know, I had to had to throw that little shot out there at Cam. Um, but how, how are y'all feeling about this game this weekend with uh, with number two Bama taking on number three Georgia? Um, you know, let's get some score predictions. Let's see kind of how y'all feeling about the game. Let's get a quick little yeah. preview. Like you said, David and Goliath, that mighty defense <laughs> of Georgia's coming into Tuscaloosa. Led by Kirby Smart, we're looking at that Swiss cheese defense of Alabama, which hasn't been the same since Kirby Smart was over there. Nick Saban, Nick Saban's going to be rolling around. He's going to be coaching via teleprompter over the <laughs> over the over the big board. We're not worried. As much as, much as I'd love to say he's going to be coaching over a Zoom call like he did practice today, in all honesty, I do not see this game happening this weekend. I really don't. You better I hope think not. We could be. Oh, I hope it does, because with Sharkeesian out there being our head coach for the week, I still think y'all are going to be worked this weekend. My score prediction does not change with or without Saban, and I'm confident that Alabama's going to oh, take really? care of business. That's why, oh, that's really? why, Sar- so, so that's let, why Sarkeesian's let me, on me, his fourth job in about six years, because he's just the hey, What has he done at Bama? So, so, what has he done at Bama? So, so let, me, let me throw this out there. So let's say the game, <laughs> let, let's say the game is on. And Sarkeesian is 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 taking that role of Saban, assuming he is not able to be there due to his positive COVID test. Um, let's say that that Steve Sarkeesian does take the job of head coach for for this week. If Georgia is to win, does that mean that the record is still safe with Nick Saban? Yes, hundred percent. If he's not there, being our head coach actively, Kirby did not take down Saban. He took down Alabama. There's a difference. I do. I. I hope Saban is able to coach when the game is played just for the simple fact of Bama fans are going to give that excuse if we beat them because that's all I'm going to hear is Saban didn't coach. That's not an excuse. Hey, uh, hell, uh, first of all, let, while we're talking about Saban's record, I want to dive into that a little bit because Saban's 21-0 record 
really is not all it's cracked up to be. This whole mantra that, mm-hmm. oh, you know, nobody's been able to climb out of Saban's shadow. Um, you know, the teacher knows the assistant better than they could ever know themselves. That's simply not true. Like, because if we're being honest here, like the three things I want to point out. The, the two times Kirby Smart has went head-to-head with Georgia, his team has outplayed Alabama's. Now, I know you've came out on top, so that's a W's a W. <laughs> but let's also look at this, though. Jimbo Fisher, when he was 2013, coaching historically one of the greatest teams of all time, Thank he won you, the Cam. national championship. And where was Alabama? They didn't make it that year. But Florida State did beat the team that beat Alabama in Auburn. Well, so it's kinda to like be fair, that Nick game Saban, was one off of a 100-yard field goal return. <laughs> but I'm still saying, but I'm still saying, Nick Saban was able to avoid that team. So it's not like Saban, he's going to all these, he's playing all these elite coaches everywhere that he's just destroying all the time. Like, congratulations. You should be able to beat Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. You should have been able to beat Jeremy. Hey, take it easy, my guy. Once again, beat Kirby in Georgia. Thanks for bringing up all the other past failures, and we'll just bring up another one for this week. No matter how you cut it, 21-0 is 21-0, like you said. You may have outplayed us, quote-unquote, like you said, throughout the game, but like you also said, at the end of the day, a win's a win. And if your coach was able to come out of that shadow of Saban, don't you think the record would say otherwise? No, I mean, like I said, Alabama absolutely got the win. But if you sit there and think that that Nick Saban looks at Kirby Smart and says, oh, that's an easy matchup, brother, we both know No, never that. He he understands Kirby is an elite coach. He's doing great things at Georgia. We have nothing but respect for Kirby, and we thank Kirby for everything he did at Alabama. But at the end of the day, Kirby is not Saban. Saban is the greatest coach of all time in college football. And Saban isn't Jeremy Pruitt, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait, hey, just wait. The bald-headed minister is going to take down Nick Saban this year, and he is going to get what's rightfully Isn't his. A bald-headed minister. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could I, honestly, bro. I couldn't help but to laugh seeing bro, how he, he like wears e. his 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 mask. <laughs> Everything was covering that. Shit I love it. Me. I I love it, bro. I love that's, it. That's what I'm saying. All right, yeah. I I thought that was funny too. But on a real note, though, on a serious note, okay. Mm-hmm. The matchup okay. this weekend, assuming it happens, the biggest game of the season so far. Everybody wants to see it. Here's what it comes down to me, okay? If we're like, Preston, I know you love that Alabama offense, and it's definitely elite. I love my mm-hmm. Georgia defense, and it's elite as well. I'm excited yes, to see, you know, it's kind of like when a rock meets a hard place, something's got to give. And I'm excited to see what it is. Because I think. You shouldn't be. I mean, hey, <laughs> you know what they always say defense wins championships. Offense brings people to the stands. I like to I'd like to look back at a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and the Broncos versus the Legion of Boom. That was the number one rated offense in the NFL, the number one defense in the NFL that year. What happened? The Seahawks routed them because defense is dominant. Okay, and that's what I mean. Gonna... The Seahawks also had Russell the, was, Wilson at quarterback. They didn't have Stet the Jet, so I think there's quite a difference. What, there. Was that the same? Was that the same year that the Seahawks threw the ball at the one yard line with Beast Mode in the backfield? Yeah, so, sure. No, that was the Patriots. Different year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, bro. Talking, I'm talking about the Broncos and Seahawks. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So defense wins championships. But I think what we can both agree is though, Alabama's not putting up 63. Ole Miss has a terrible offense. They gave up 49 to Kentucky, okay? So don't ever make a case mm-hmm. for them having an elite defense. Never a- did. A&M, 
I know you like to sit here and discount A&M. When has A&M ever had an elite defense? Give, name one season. I'm, I'm not saying they're elite, but I'm not saying I'm not going to say that they're just a cakewalk either. They're bottom half of the SEC. And versus all SEC teams. I mean, if we actually lined up the rosters of all That's defenses what the schedule in the SEC, I would not say that. I know, I know. I'm saying stat-wise they may be bottom half, but personnel-wise they are not bottom half. Cam, let me let me tell you this first. So I think it depends what Georgia offense we see. If we see the Georgia offense that was asleep the first half against Tennessee, Alabama will quickly get ahead because Alabama's offense – led by Najee Harris and Mac and Cheese will put up serious points on them. So if Georgia's offense comes out sleep, you know, that could that game can quickly bury itself away. So like if it's the Georgia that makes a second half adjustments like we saw against Tennessee, then they'll be decent. But like Hey hot take why, why are you always gonna bring up Tennessee in the mix? Suck it. It's fun to poke <laughs> out. Why, why is Hey, okay we had it we had a we had a conversation, Cam, and we can agree that Tennessee you can't just overlook them anymore. Okay, so to use them as sucking in your arguments <laughs> does not make me very happy, okay? We can I respect need, you and still you use you as down, a punching sir. bag. Hey, hot take though, hot take, I hope Georgia doesn't jump out to a big lead because that's exactly what we've done the past two times we've played them, and we squashed that lead. So I actually hope it's a close game or we're a little down at halftime. Real talk, that's what I want to happen. Well, so, you 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 won't get your wish. You won't be a little down at halftime. It'll probably be a, be a pretty solid gap, but you know, close in the same general ballpark. This man right? Preston got on here and said, "I promise we're gonna destroy everybody." And then we I are. know that man was sweating versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss had y'all sweating. Hey, did I did I or did I not at the beginning of the season tell you we would win by ten plus points every game? And what happened? We ended up beating Ole Miss by 15, regardless of the shootout or not. Because of yeah, a gar- our garbage spread. time touchdown. We covered the spread, baby. And, and, and Preston, Preston, Preston used the excuse as to, oh, it was a great game to watch, to cover up the fact that he was sweating bullets that <laughs> I whole not game. I sweating bullets. <laughs> you know, you I know when Preston ain't. Bro, are you kidding me right now? Yes, you I were. not. When Preston's not in the uh, when Preston's not in the Snapchat group chat, you know he's worried about something. He wasn't. He was MIA for like two hours. <laughs> no, I was not. Hey, you know, regardless of what you want to blame it on, if you just look at the numbers alone, Alabama's defense has gotten worse week to week to week. Like they've progressively uh, gotten worse. Because the offenses we have faced has gotten better week to week to week, and this week will be a different story. Oh, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying. I'm looking at the numbers, bro. Let's not. Okay. Regardless of, I understand Ole Miss has the best offense, but let's not acknowledge. Let's acknowledge the missed tackles, the busted coverages. Like that's just the, that's just the facts. Like, well, they play a much different. That's unexplainable. Game than that's unexplainable. Georgia is gonna play us. Y'all, y'all don't run the same offense as Ole Miss. You're not gonna be coming out snapping the ball within five seconds every hey, play. We, you know what? Lane Kiffin knows what hurts Alabama. And Kirby's a defensive mind. He's not going to pick us apart like Lane Kiffin's going to pick us apart. It's going to ah, be very different. Ted Monkeywill, though, baby. Ted Monkeywill. <laughs> hey. See, here, here's the way that I see it, though, because regardless if you have an elite offense or if you have an elite defense, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier, if you have an elite offense, yeah, you should be putting up points against everybody you play. But at the same time, if you have an elite defense, you should – like the, the – the matchup this week is going to be Bama's offense versus Georgia's defense. Like, no questions asked. But at the same time, if, if you look at the, the stats so far this year, sure, Ole Miss has a better offense than UGA does, but 
you should not be allowing 600 yards of total no, offense to Ole Miss. Yes, you are. Defense. We played pitiful. No, we played pitiful defense. We did, flat out. But I'm saying that will not happen again this week. Yes. So so you don't think that, that Georgia's capable of, of putting up 400 total yards no. or 500 total no. yards? Definitely not. My guy, you are definitely discrediting like our offense this year. It's not what it was last year. It's not explosive like Ole Miss, but it's not what it was last year, buddy. We've got we've got the pieces to move the chains. Like this is not, Preston. I don't know. You can if move you, the chains, but the scoreboard is going to be the story that's told Preston, when we look back at this game. Preston, what about 2018 when the SEC championship Tua Tagovailoa? Y'all were lighting it up that year. Tua was in the Heisman's. Tua was in the Heisman front runner until he played Georgia's defense. We're the reason he didn't win the Heisman All that right, year. You, you, you know ready that, for right? this? You ready for this? You ready for this? This weekend, if the game does play, which, like I said, I do not think it will be played. Better if pray. the game is played, we will see. Officially, it, his name's already been put in the Heisman race. I have told you since the beginning he will be in the Heisman race. We will have the Heisman moment you need to see out of Mac Jones to make everyone else believers. Mark my words, clip it. It's gonna be done. I mean, it's a, it's a make or break for him. Like you should be putting up those types of numbers with the defenses that you're playing. Like, but I on said, the other hand, if you can put up relatively those same type of numbers against the best defense in the country, then yeah, you should be in the Heisman race. So at this point, it's a make or break God, for him. I, just, I hear you, but I just don't think you understand, man. Like, Mac Jones... <laughs> I don't think you understand. But you realize, I don't care what Mac Jones does does this year. He's not going number one. He's not the first quarterback taken or the second quarterback taken the way Tua was, okay? He's I'm not, not saying he will be, but he still has he's a not, very good chance he's of winning the He's not even the quarterback that Jalen Hurts was, dog. Okay. Okay. Stop it. Stop it. Sit here and make stop a case it. right now that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. We'll have this conversation at the end of the season. You're when we really look at one season, I'm not saying as a whole. Versus I'm not saying defenses. as a whole. And you're look, discrediting bro, we'll, a quarterback like, that we'll, took we'll, out the we'll, two straight national championships. No, no, I'm not discrediting Jalen at all. I'm saying over the span of one season, what we'll see out of Mac Jones will be better than what we saw out of the best season of Jalen Hurts. I do think that's a very real possibility because Mac Jones will walk away with the Heisman most likely. All I'm saying is the mailman, he on the US, UPS, USPS, two-day delivery, you got a you got an L coming in the mail your way, Devin, or Presty. <laughs> Dev already got his L. Sorry. <laughs> so, all right. Bro, you really had to do that again? <laughs> Damn, dude. All this talk, let's hear it. What's your final score prediction? Ah. All right. When the, when the Georgia defense comes into town – when George Pickens and Stetson Bennett comes into town, when they roll into Tuscaloosa, sounds like, you know what, Tuscaloosa sounds like a bunch of losers because that's what y'all are about to be on Saturday. I'm predicting, <laughs> I'm predicting Georgia right now, 38-31. Okay. 38-31. Mac Jones, uh-huh. Jones barely reaches 300 yards passing. Barely. Oh, that's a hot take. You should have saved that one for the end. Uh, we have similar predictions in a way because I have Alabama winning 38-21. to 21, And we can add a touchdown to both of those sides of the score if things get a little out of hand on our defensive side. But if so, our offense will make up that touchdown Which back. Which they seem to have every week gotten out of hand on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but 38-21 Bama, I feel good about it. If we do play, but like I said, we'll see what happens, man. COVID is a beast that cannot be tamed. You know what? Hey, hot take right now. Nick Saban's faking this uh, COVID-19 because he knows 
Kirby about to give him an L, and he didn't want that 21 win, win streak to be snapped. Get out of here. Get out of here. Man, man wouldn't that Sarkeesian's be something? scapegoat. <laughs> no, wouldn't that no. be something? Well, after after that little uh, that heated conversation, let, how about we turn the, the topic to my boys, the volunteers of Rocky Top. I want to hear what I have to say. They are going to – they, I don't care what you have to say. They are getting it back on track versus Kentucky. I get it. Kentucky is – they're not a great team, but they're a good yep. team. You know, they have one of the best offensive lines in the SEC. Uh, their defense is stout. A lot of athletic guys make a lot of plays. Um, but I think Tennessee has – they have a chip on their shoulder, man. I mean, they, they literally played two and a half quarters with the number three team in the country and gave them all that they could handle. And so I think kind of moving forward in, in some of these games that Tennessee is favored to win, I, I think it's a lot different than, than years previous where if Tennessee is favored to win, you, it's kind of a toss-up. You don't know, especially against, you know, some of these little bit lesser teams in the SEC that are on their way up but not quite there yet. Um, you know, Kentucky's a stout team. It's one of those teams you got to watch out for. Uh, Lynn Bowden's not the, the quarterback slash wide receiver slash running back slash tight end, you know, anymore. So um, I, I think they do get it back on track. And I think, like I said, I think Tennessee has a, a chip on their shoulder, and I think they come out swinging. And um, I, I, I like them to get this dub this weekend. I mean, if Tennessee has a chip on their shoulder, Kentucky just happens to be hungry and wanting a snack because I think Kentucky's going to come in this weekend and take care of business against Tennessee. And I—that's my upset. Alert. You're only saying that because you're only saying that because you're scared for the fourth weekend of October, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> you are. I'm telling you right now, man. What here, do you think, Bryce? I like I like Kentucky. I think Tennessee loses two straight. I think they're still hungover from not getting a Marius Mims today. So go I like dog. Tennessee, man. I like Tennessee to take the L this week, bro. Cool. You know what? Uh, Bryce Bryce loves talking about L's, doesn't he? That's why he's a Florida State fan. Because <laughs> that's all I he just knows. Think, I think the, uh, the, t- the quarterback play for Tennessee is just not where it needs to be. Garantano does enough to get by, but when when situations really matter, I feel like it's just a lack of talent holding him back. I really like, if they, especially if they drop this game, I'd love to see Harrison Bailey moving hey, forward, bro. Hey, just wait. Just wait. Just a little fun fact, a little tidbit to throw out there to you. Harrison, in Sunday's scrimmage, Volunteers practice. Harrison Bailey took all 49 snaps at the quarterback position. So if that doesn't tell you right now that Harrison Bailey's about to come out and freaking gunsling against this Kentucky defense and throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, this man is legit. I get it. He hasn't played in an SEC game yet, but this dude is talented. He has the IQ. He is smart. He's a great football player, and the team loves him. I mean, and, and half of, I would say, probably about three or four really big names that have committed to our class for next year is because of Harrison Bailey. He's one of those guys that has sold in the program. He's bought into Jeremy Pruitt and what they're doing on Rocky Top, and he is going to come out. I don't think that he'll get the start. I do think that he will make it into the game, and he will absolutely take care of business. I, I love Harrison Bailey. I like what he's what he's been so doing you, in practice and reports. You have him going for 300 yards and four touchdowns without starting? So this is after yes, this sir. is after JG gets a couple yes, turnovers in him and I I, uh, I, th- I I do think that JG will probably start every game for the rest of the year as he did halfway through the season last year. Uh, but I think once Jeremy Pruitt finally realizes through that big old bald head that JG is not the guy, 
I think that he realizes that moving forward, they need to put someone else in there, and especially if they start losing. If, if Tennessee loses to Kentucky this weekend, at this point, what, what do you have to lose? You're playing a lot of more, like, more big games throughout the season. It's an all-SEC schedule. You can't overlook anyone, regardless if it's your Vandys, your Arkansas, you know, South Carolinas, Kentuckys. You can't look over those guys. If Tennessee starts losing and they lose two, they lose three, at that point, what do you have to lose? Because you're not in contention, and at that point, you're just trying to build on something to finish out the year strong to bring into the next season. So I don't think that Harrison Bailey is going to get the start, but I do like him to make a lot of good appearances throughout the games for the rest of the year. Well, well Dev, I hate to burst your, I hate to bu- uh, burst your bubble, Dev, but the uh, the practice where Harrison Bailey played all snaps, I found out, I read about it. Pruitt does those scrimmages with all non-starters, so I wouldn't read into it too much. There's no starters getting any reps hey. in that practice. Nah. Well, it looks like Florida State star- starters need to get some more reps because they are sucking this year. So that's Florida all I'm going to say. Kill Tennessee if they played right. No, now. actually, no. You, bro, you. Actually, Florida State does not need reps. Maybe they need a couple more bye weeks because they need some rest because they're constantly getting their butts whooped every time they take the field. Okay. <laughs> they just. They would be. Don't even come up. Don't even come at me right now with that Tennessee slander when you're sitting there and you're losing to Georgia Tech, bro. Don't even come at me like that. Ain't none, ain't none of those dudes that play football for Georgia Tech there to play football, bro. They're just all engineers that are playing it for a hobby. Bro, I literally told you that line. You spit, you spitting it back in my face. Come on now. It is coming back hey, yeah, to bite you yeah, in the you butt. Can't be speaking on teams, if you lost to a team that hadn't even practiced in three weeks and you out here taking the hills, <laughs> that's, that's tough. That's tough. Notre Dame's pretty but good. Hey, but I got, I gotta say, hey. stop the press, stop the slander. I'm here to say. Rocky Top's going to rock on this weekend, all right? Dev, I got some good news for you. Tennessee's offensive line does not have to go against Georgia's defensive line this week, so that's definitely a big plus for y'all. I like. I think that you can make that case for any SEC team, though, at this point. I mean, like, let's, let's be honest. Love, thank you for that Georgia credit. I just love it. I love talking about my defense. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm giving credit where credit's due, and I think you can make Absolutely. that case. It's safe to say that. Now let me – Georgia's defense is going to tear apart every offensive line that they play. All right, so let's get to it with the Tennessee-Kentucky game. Here's how I see it going down. Or Yeah, Kentucky and Tennessee. Kentucky's got a pretty good offensive line, so I think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. They've got a decent run game going. I believe they've got another dual-threat quarterback out there, so they're going to run their read option. I do expect them to score a few times, but here's what I say, though. Kentucky's defense – is not as hyped up as it was preseason. It's nowhere near what it was last season. I'm expecting right now, I'm calling it, Eric Gray goes for four touchdowns and almost 200 yards this Saturday. And Tennessee's going to get that dub 34-24. to 24. Hmm. Yes, sir, baby. I like I like hearing you say that, Cam. I think you should say that stuff more often. <laughs> I think it, it just breathes an energy into all of us, especially yeah. me. And I just I, I take a part of that energy and I just feed into it. And I love hearing you say great things about my hey, Tennessee I've, Vols. And I, I think I've you're been very I've been very vocal all season long that minus the Georgia game, I like what I see from Tennessee so far. And I've like I've said even to you privately, at this point, I truly believe it's just going to take a matter of a year or two of a couple more recruiting cycles to come through, and y'all are just going to bring in talent for y'all to, for y'all to close that gap a little bit. I think I don't think it's an effort thing. I think the coaching staff is there good. I think y'all got players that are fighting hard. You have you have decent playmakers. 
I don't think you're on that that Georgia Alabama. I'd even put Florida up there. Like I don't think you're on that level yet, but you're you're definitely getting there. There's so much obvious improvement from where Tennessee was last year. Yeah, and I, I think that's where they kind of take that into this game. Um, you know, if I had to give a score prediction right now as to how this was going to go, um, I would probably say Tennessee. 38, and I would say Kentucky, 17. Speaking of Florida. I, I like that. Their game got postponed for what we're seeing break out across the entire league. If we were to step out of the SEC and look at Baylor with 40-something new cases now, we have our Florida and LSU game getting postponed, which is sad because I was looking forward to seeing LSU take another loss. But it's just once again wiping out another team. You hate to see it, honestly. Isn't, well, it ironic, and, and honest, Isn't it ironic how Mullen was just, like, laughing in COVID's face? He was like, pack the swamp, baby. We need 90,000 in that stadium. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> hey, I think That's what I'm saying. That's like I look at this, this as a man great, Dan Mullen. I look at this as a great teaching moment for Dan Mullen because, honestly, what great practice this will be for Florida getting to sit at home and watch Georgia and Alabama play for when they have to do it <laughs> in December. Great practice for honestly. them. Honestly. Honestly, <laughs> I, I just I just think it's funny. That, I mean, that man Dan Mullen came out and you know kind of really spoke his opinion towards the university and and you know what what they think is the safest move for the the team and the the campus and and just the overall environment in, in Gainesville. But uh, I think it is super ironic that you know he, he says some stuff like that and then the next week half their lineup is has got COVID. <laughs> I'd be mad if my coach said half the stuff that Dan Mullen says on his like on his press conferences. Like, I, Honestly, yeah, facts. The stuff facts. Dan Mullen that, says, I would just be ashamed if that was my head coach. Now, something else that'll make you mad. What do y'all think the best undefeated team in the NFL is right now? Easy answer: the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Pittsburgh Steelers. The, the Packers. The Packers? Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me you wrong. Know, I love the, the, the Packers. Packers. The Packers are good, and, and this is what I'll say. It, Aaron Rodgers have, has constantly proved that no matter who his receiving core is, they're going to score. Yes, sir. I mean, has anyone ever heard of Robert Tanyan before two weeks ago? No. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like you can really tell in, in the in the league who who is elite and who is better than average and then who is average and then it just kind of goes down if you can constantly if you have the highest scoring offense in the league and your number one receiver is out and your number two receiver is out and you have these guys that step up that you've never even heard of that might have been undrafted or they might have been brought up from the practice squad you've never even heard of these guys and they're still putting up 40 plus it just goes to show you how elite Aaron Rodgers is. And it's all of that with to that, be said just with them bringing back Devontae Adams this week. It's They've been one of the best offenses to watch this season, let alone now they're bringing in one of the most elite receivers in the league. Like It's hard to say anybody but the Packers is the best undefeated team, in my opinion. I understand, Cam. I, 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 like I disagree. I disagree. I disagree because – also thinks Alabama's defense is not that bad, so we take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do have to disagree, though, because after what the Tennessee Titans did to Buffalo last night, they, I mean, they absolutely dominated them the whole entire game. Yep. And for every big, like, analyst, 
you know, pregame to pick the Buffalo Bills to, to come out with the win, and Tennessee didn't even give them that opportunity. They came out, and they – Ryan Tannehill had four total touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, this dude is, is playing – he's playing let, lights out right now. Yeah. Let me yeah. uh, let me piggyback off of that, Dev. Um, well, hold on real I was, quick. I was Bryce, talking, I don't, Bryce, I'm sorry to interrupt you. While we're actually literally just talking about Tannehill, I wanted to make a comment about that. You know, I, I saw a graphic today comparing the last 14 games of Ryan Tannehill to Patrick Mahomes. You know, they have the same amount of touchdowns. Tannehill's thrown one fewer interception, and Mahomes has only thrown for 300 more yards in the last 14 games. Hmm. That's how identical their stats are. That's insane. I didn't realize Tannehill was playing that good. That's nuts. That man's balling right now. What were you going to say, Bryce? Yeah, that's what I was going to touch up on. The last 14 games, Tannehill's 11-3. and three. Ever since, ever since he got out of Adam Gase's system, he's been killing under Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel isn't a coach that's known for his X and O's. He's a leader of men. He gets these guys fired up, wanting to run through a brick wall. Mike Vrabel knows these guys. He's he's not much older than some of the players on his team. He played for the Patriots, you know, not too long ago. So just seeing him be able to do that, and they in the last 16 days, they've only had three practices, and they come out here against an undefeated Bills team and just smack them in the mouth. Man, the Titans. Especially, uh, uh, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say the Titans look so good, dude. Like it's insane. Like they, they. It's not like they don't have anyone like overly like extremely flashy, you know, like Mahomes or anybody like that. But they just like they get guys that fit their systems and they just run with it, dude. They're they're fantastic. And I think I think you have to give the Titans more credit because after what we've been seeing from Josh Allen this year, as to what we have all have said previously as an MVP caliber season. And for t- the Tennessee Titans to d- dominate them the whole game. I mean, like Bryce said, they don't have anyone that's super flashy. Ryan Tannehill is their starting quarterback. Yeah, they have Derrick Henry, who we all know what Derrick Henry can do. But they have A.J. Brown, who came back this week. Yep. They have John New Smith at tight end. They have Adam Humphreys. Like, they don't have... Besides Derrick Henry, they don't really have any of those super flashy guys. Yeah, they have Jadavian Clowney on defense. But at the same time, like... I think you got to give them more credit because of what they did to Buffalo, who has been red hot in the first four games so far. I think the Tennessee Titans, as of right now, is the the best undefeated team in in the league right now. No, I, I think Vrabel knows how to squeeze every inch of potential out of someone, even guys that aren't like you said overly flashy. He gets the best out of them, dude. Like this guy is the most relatable coach in the NFL. Like you know, before, I, I saw I saw a video not so long ago before pregame. He was like going up and just like chest bumping players and like hitting them and stuff. Like this guy just knows how to have fun and coach a good team. Now before we get too high on the Titans win, I understand that they haven't practiced in too long. One thing it is worth mentioning though, the Bills didn't even realize that they were playing the Titans until about midway through last week. Like they talked about, they spent the first half of their week preparing for a game against the Chiefs. And then the second half, they had to switch and play the Titans. And we both know, or we all know, that is two completely different game plans you got to establish for those yeah. when playing those teams. So that's also some, that's something worth mentioning for the Bills. It's not like they, they were very underprepared. I mean, same with the Titans coming in, they were underprepared. But when you got two teams that are underprepared, cool, Nod goes to the home team. We'll give them that. Nod goes to the home team. And that's exactly well, I think what it was a big deal with Brown coming back this week because, I mean, he, he leads the league in targets and receptions in general. He had two more targets than John U. Smith and was their opening touchdown right off the rip. And being that the receiver nice. one with the 
production. Yeah, being in their receiver one with the production production carrying over from last year, it was a big deal for them to get him back the week they did. And if they would have had to play the Steelers whenever they were supposed to, I don't think they would have got that win without Brown, that's for sure, if they had a shot at all. I think the Steelers are legit, and I'm not sure if the Titans could beat them, let alone claim them as the best undefeated team. Thank you so much, because that actually... I'll just, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to showcase that into my point because that's what I was going to say. Had the Titans not broke protocol, got all those COVID cases, they would already have a loss right now to the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. Why? Because just like, no, sir. Just like the Georgia Dogs, we do it by defense. TJ Watt. <laughs> that's two completely different states, Cameron. <laughs> Sorry. I have. <laughs> You know, I have affiliation with Pittsburgh. I grew up watching them, so it just naturally makes sense why I root for them, okay? He became a Pittsburgh fan like <laughs> yeah. six months Hold ago, up. and he's been rocking with them since, baby. <laughs> hey, also, yeah, I, I must have forgot about that time that you lived in Carolina. That. Ooh. That's, hey, listen, that's fine. Everyone can rep their team <laughs> regardless of, of where they're from. I'm just saying, this, this man said – Talking about Georgia defense, baby, go Steelers. So that's two completely different hey, states. Hey, let me let me say this. It's kind of funny, actually. It's funny. Every Georgia player that gets drafted by the Steelers, their career goes to die. Jarvis Landry, Alec Jarvis Ogletree. Landry didn't go to Georgia or get drafted by Pittsburgh. What? Jarvis Landry Ooh. went to LSU. Jarvis Jarvis Jones. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Jarvis Jarvis Jones. Who else? I'm sorry. I, I was, I've been thinking about Jarvis Landry a lot. Uh, Alec Ogletree. Alec Ogletree went to Georgia, got drafted by the uh, Rams. He got drafted by Pittsburgh, I thought. Nah, no sir, buddy. No sir. Uh, let's talk about Georgia great Heinz Ward, who went to get drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers and is now a Hall of Fame wide receiver. For our hometown only, listeners, only because did you know ben. that Heinz Ward got swarmed at Lake Winnie Pasoka like, like 10 years ago? Like whenever he was popping, popping, he got swarmed there. So <laughs> he's probably immune. He's a, he's immune to COVID. Then why probably. do you go to Lake Winnipesaukee, dog? It's like a superstar. I, why would he do that? I have no idea, dude. He's just used to those. He's just used to those lower those lower class things coming from UGA, I That's guess. Crazy. But you know what? It's like why why not why not Whitewater? You know, Lake Winnipesaukee. <laughs> Hold up. But this, you know what? This segment is about. This segment is about undefeated team. We're not talking about busts, so we're not going to be talking about Florida State college players or how the Carolina Panthers are at the bottom of their division. We're talking about the good teams here. The okay? Panthers are tied for first, Cam. What are you talking about? Oh, well, let them make the playoffs. I don't care. They'll get beat. Teddy Bridgewater hey, ain't hey, that, life. That, that man, Teddy B, he, he, be, he be killing it right Wait, now. I'm trying yes. to duck the Falcon smoke right now. Wait so till chill. playoff <laughs> comes through. Hey, we, we got that coming up. up. We got that coming up, Preston. But I'm just saying, okay? Real talk, this is about undefeated teams, and I'm going to brag about my Steelers for a minute because they're the best undefeated team in the NFL right now, okay? We play with defense. We're going to smother you. T.J. Watt's going to run. T.J. Watt is going to power through whatever offensive lineman you put in his way. Minka's got that secondary on lock. Joe Hayden is Bama solid. Bama built. Bama built, that's right. Bama built when Kirby was there. And then we got on the offensive side. <laughs> as long as Ben is healthy – that is a solid offense that's going to keep on humming along. Because, hey, when we can't find production from Juju one week, Deontay Johnson gets hurt, what do we do? We just dip in our bag to our second-round rookie wide receiver, giving us four touchdowns off seven touches, making the most of it. <laughs> but is that really, is that really a, a safe bet to say, oh, we're the best team as long as Big Ben is healthy? 
I mean, yeah, because do you think Aaron, do you think the Packers are going to be good if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt? What about the Seahawks if Russ gets hurt? I mean, what I'm saying is though, like if you're making the case that the Steelers are the best undefeated team as of right now, and they have all these crucial pieces, and then throw in the the little you know, oh we're we're good as long as Big Ben's healthy. Well, yeah, that's the case for everyone, but I think that's kind of a you know, that's a thing that you don't necessarily need to to mention for it to be understood. Well, I mean, of course, you're going to be as of course you're going to be the best that you can be if your quarterback one is healthy and he's playing good. Well, the, the reason I and that goes, that is that's be, the same for everyone. The reason I mention that is because Ben has actually missed significant time the pre, the past two seasons due to injury, and our seasons have taken crazy dips when that happened. So I'm just saying, if he's able to yeah, stay on the field, fair. like Russ and A Rod, they for the most part they stay healthy. Fair enough. Fair enough. So but, speaking so of our best Preston, teams, yeah, now we're gonna move. Preston was talking about <laughs> dodging that that Falcon nah. smoke, but we got it coming right here for the man. <laughs> so with all of so finally with us getting Dan Quinn out the building, thank the Lord in heaven for that. Who would we say now takes the crown of being Adam the Gase. worst coach in the NFL? Adam Gase is Adam the worst Gase. Coach. I, I got to give it to Adam Gase. We all agree. I mean, if you're a skill player, do obvious, not bro. go to New York. <laughs> Mike Mike Tomlin. Uh, <laughs> Adam, so, according honestly, to USA Today, Adam Gase is reportedly wanting to give up calling plays moving forward, and I feel like that just speaks volume on how bad. Like he's even acknowledging, like, "Wow, I really can't do this." He needs to give up. Someone his needs calling to to be involved in football at all. Someone needs to save Sam Darnold. But honestly, like real talk though, if I'm if I'm Trevor Lawrence and the Jets have the number one pick, you know, it's safe to say they'll pick me. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I am telling the Jets I do not want to be picked by you. Bro, I'm I don't pulling, care. I'm going to Eli Manning and telling them straight yeah. up, like, if you pick me, I'm not coming to you. I'm not signing. And that pe- so uh, people me. will be quick to say people will be quick to say that's selfish. But after any normal fan can watch the NFL and watch the Jets play, they just cut Le'Veon Bell today. They do not know how to utilize talent. Le'Veon Bell, you can you can say he's washed up, but he really came into New York talented, ready to go, healed up after a year off, and they did not use him at all. Jameson Crowder, nothing. Robbie Anderson left. It's like if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm telling Adam Gase and the Jets, I'm like, I do not want to come play for you. Quentin it Williams, would be an honor then, then why did it be an honor? Why did the Joe time? Burrow not do the same thing at Cincinnati? Well, okay, well Cincinnati is different. Zach Taylor's the coach there now, and you know they. The last three seasons, they've drafted like nothing but like offensive lines. So I'm like, you know, come be a winner here. The system that I'm running is similar to Joe Brady at LSU. So it was really inviting. That's the difference, though. Playing for the Bengals, at least the future is promising. But with Adam Gase and the Jets, there's nothing promising about that. There's going to be a dumpster fire for who knows how long. They extended Adam Gase not too long ago. They're like, yeah, we want to see what you can do, see what you can run with your system. And nothing's becoming of it. Like, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, I do not want to play there. I do not want to waste my career. Like I'm, please take me number two instead. What are y'all thoughts? Sam Darnold isn't a bad quarterback. Like he, he's he really not. No, he's on a bad else. team though. Yeah. Well, so I, I agree with you. And hey, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think we can all agree Adam Gase has got to be the next coach out the door. But just like Sam Darnold's being wasted, I'm t- Le'Veon is going somewhere and he's gonna ball. Like. He's gonna go back to putting up numbers. He may not. He may not ever reach that elite status. I don't see him that doing that. But his days, that like what you've seen in New York, that's an anomaly. 
look at that as his uh that's his Jordan Washington years, okay? That's just <laughs> that's that's gonna be behind him when he goes somewhere. Because New York Jets consistently it seems there's that's the place where talent goes to die. So yep. speaking it's of like Le- they're the new Cleveland Browns. They're the new Cleveland Browns. Yes, but yeah, speaking of Le'Veon. Uh, so I saw something earlier on Twitter and it's basically almost confirmed now that Le'Veon will be going to the Chiefs. Apparently there's four other teams in contention, but Chiefs are the front runners and he's been liking their tweets and doing all the him and Mahomes followed each other on Twitter and everything's just pointing that direction right now. So where do y'all think he will land? And if he does go to the Chiefs, what do we think his role really will be? Well, I mean, if we're talking about him going to the Chiefs, if that is like an almost confirmed, or let's say that's where he he does end up, mm-hmm. I don't think that – I personally, I think that the Chiefs have put in too much with Clyde Edwards-Alaire to completely just take him out of the offense and, and give Le'Veon the kind of touches and the usage that CEH is getting right now. Yeah. Um, I do think that he could play a very valuable role, you know, whether that's a goal line back or a third down back mm-hmm. uh, to take some kind of that leverage off of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I think he would be a great fit for, for the Kansas City Chiefs, but at the same time, what running back wouldn't be a great fit oh, for Andy Reid's offense? Um, you know, would that be more of Le'Veon kind of getting back to the old Le'Veon like we saw in, in Pittsburgh, or is that just a credit to – the Chiefs' offense and, and how they run that offense of scheme with Andy yeah, Reid. the Chiefs' sure. offense is almost the exact opposite of the New York Giants or the New York Jets. That's where talent goes to thrive. Like, you just plug anybody in that system. But when you look at it, here's where I think I would love to see him with the Bears first and foremost. That would be my ideal situation. Yeah. If, if he could go there for fantasy purposes that I have him on, I'm all for it. <laughs> but it's looking like the Chiefs, and I think he, I think he could thrive in that. Now, I, I do believe I watched him a little more being a Steelers fan. I watched almost every game he was with. That man's an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield, downfield. He can, he, he's a, probably one of the best pass catching RBs in the league. He's got the cuts. He's got the moves. And when you look at Edwards E. Lair, he has not topped 65 yards rushing since week one. Okay? So it's not like he's producing and putting up crazy numbers. I think Le'Veon could go in that system – and I think he could literally split the backfield touches 50-50 because he's a proven dude in this league. I don't think he's going to go anywhere and agree to like a backseat role and just get let like very little touches. So if he You don't goes, think he'd be willing to take a backseat with a like a guaranteed at least shot at a chip. Not without not without at least guarantee of like a decent amount of production. Like I don't think he wants I don't think he wants to go sit on the bench because like he said he I mean, I don't know. He did sit. He did sit out that whole season with the Steelers. That was so no money, though. We know this dude is. A, he's getting paid. We do know this dude's a. I, he's a knucklehead. So I, I did my research earlier, and I think if the Chiefs do sign him, it has to be for a league minimum deal. Yes. Le'Veon hmm. Bell. Le'Veon Bell has over 15 million in dead cap space that the Jets own. So any team that signs the most in the league. Any team that him. Si- yeah, any team that signs him has to take on that. Chiefs only have thirteen million. Chiefs only have thirteen million available in cap space for the twenty twenty one season. So if the Bell signs with the Chiefs, it's got to be for uh, it's gonna have to be for a little less than what we think. But I think if he goes to the Chiefs, like y'all said, him and Clyde's over the lair. Mm, I don't know. I don't. If I'm Clyde over the lair, though, I'm kind of pissed off. They dropped me first round, and then Le'Veon Bell's coming in town. Like, dang, bro, I'd kind of be I'd kind of be salty. Not gonna lie. 
Well, you can look at the flip side of that, too. He's going to have a vet coming in that could give him pointers and be the mentor he needs to elevate his game to the next level because we know he's going to have a long, productive career, especially in that offense. And they are How similar and They are backs. similar type backs in like the style that they play. Is Bell, yeah, for is sure, Bell 28 I mean, years old? Yes. I mean, he yeah, he's definitely so he's, he's, he's but at the same time, I think that he could play one of those Adrian Peterson type of roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knows AP is AP, like one of the most dominant running backs to play in the league. And I think that if Le'Veon comes in, you know, to Kansas City, and and like Preston said, is able to kind of give him those, you know, kind of be his role model essentially, and just be like, all right, look, man, look, I've I've been doing this for a while. I've been very successful at it, you know, doing this. Like, here, here's what works and here's what doesn't. I think that would be very beneficial for a rookie running back playing in a super high-paced offense. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, when Le'Veon played at Pittsburgh, that offense was incredible. I mean, they yeah. put up crazy points. They they moved the ball. I, and, I mean, it was insane. You know, so from Le'Veon previously playing in, a, in an offense like that, I think that he could definitely be of help to Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his future moving forward. Yeah, I like I like uh, I like the, you know the way the Saints do Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray and uh, Alvin Kamara. I think that would be a type of duo that we see if the Chiefs sign him. You know, kind of change of pace when one gets tired, send the other. I think that'd be extremely dirty, you know, bro. One thing worth noting as well, though, during his time in Pittsburgh. On the games that Le'Veon played in versus the time, the games he did not play in, the Steelers actually averaged 100 more yards of offense and about seven more points a game. Now, I know that was with A.B. AB in the offense as well, but the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree. It could um – I, you know, if he does end up at Kansas City, I think there's there's some pros and there's some cons. I, I don't think that he's gonna, you know, take a, a 60-40 or a 70-30, you know, uh, split share with with Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his favor. Um, I, I do think that it could be good though, um, you know, for that high-paced offense. And even if it's for him to come in for a goal line situation or for a third down roll, um, I think that alone just adds more versatility to the Chiefs' offense having a proven player. Um, and I think that's the last thing they need right now. But, hey, go for it. Hey, uh, I heard we're doing a tomahawk chop segment. Uh, Florida State, right? Or the other No, tomahawk. we're talking about the Braves, baby. Oh. Ain't no one care about the tomahawk chop with the Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Hey, no one care. Hey, hey, the Braves are actually winning right now. So until Florida State makes it to the Final Four, then y'all can start talking. But we're talking about for the A, baby. Word, word, word. But well, a- tonight – Tonight was really ugly. Reminds me of the Cardinals game five last season. Um, 13, 13 runs given. It, Braves only put up three tonight. But I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. They uh, Bryce Wilson's getting a start on the mound. So I think the Braves can handle business tomorrow. What y'all thinking so far? I mean, I, I, after watching the, the first two games in full, um, I, I think what kind of really annoyed me or – not really made me mad, but it just kind of surprised me. Watching the post-game show last night, uh, you know, with A-Rod and Big Poppy and Frank you would think Thomas. the Dodgers were running the way they were talking. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I mean, it was it was honestly, I, I hated to see it because it's like they were discrediting the Atlanta Braves instead of, because they were making it seem like the only reason the Braves were up 2-0 was because the Dodgers were playing bad. And I get it, the Dodgers – have a great, great team this year. Their bullpen is fantastic. Uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw is elite. He's one of the best pitchers in, in 
all of the major leagues. He's hurt. Their thankfully. offense is crazy. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think instead of them giving more credit to the Braves and what they've been able to do so far this postseason, um, it was kind of annoying to see them just discredit that and, and you know talk about how bad the Dodgers were playing. Um, and honestly, this game tonight, uh, this was a must-win game for the Dodgers. They came out swinging. Uh, they put up you know 11 runs in the f- top of the first. I mean, they needed to prove something, uh, but the fact that they were kind of able to, to cool down a little bit throughout the rest of the game um, and only finish with 15, um, I think that is big going into the game tomorrow. Um, you know, Bryce Wilson is starting on the mound tomorrow. He is a young guy, first postseason, you know, debut. Um, it's a lot of nerves. You know, it's tough being a, a really young pitcher, you know, going up against the, the Los Angeles Dodgers th- that they've been able to do this year. Um, it's a tough situation to be in, but I think uh, Brian Snitker um, and Rick Kranitz do a great job at kind of preparing those guys for those big moments. I mean, look what Ian Anderson's doing right now. He's, he's breaking records, and he's been absolutely insane. So, um, you know, granted tonight, I think this was – the Dodgers definitely needed to get a win. I'm kind of glad that they got the, you know, the big, massive win out of the way. Um, you know, takes a little bit off the Braves. I think, you know, they were kind of expecting that to happen at some point. I would rather it happen tonight instead of, a, you know, a super close 2-1 to game or, you know, 3-2 to two game or something. Uh, but I do like the Braves going forward, and I think they end up, you know, kind of taking control of the series, whether it be tomorrow or game, uh, game five. Uh, but we'll see, man. Yeah. I'm right there, man. And the great thing about it is, the Bray, the Dodgers up winning 15 to three. I don't care if it's 88 to three or 103 to nothing. The series is still only two one, baby. And regardless th- of what happens, come Game Five, yeah. most likely, Atlanta's gonna have their ace pitcher back, Freed. He's gonna be back slinging that thing. I like Atlanta's chances in the A, man. You know, we got home run hitters all over the field. Acuna, Albies. I mean, throw Freddie Freeman in there. I love I love Austin Riley. He may be one of my favorite players on that team. Throw him in there. I like our chances. This feels like this is this is going to be the team that breaks the Georgia sports curse. I'm feeling it. But in typical Atlanta fashion, usually when we feel it, that's when we get our heart tripped out. So I'm I'm holding caution. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, kinda like we were talking about Austin Riley, I think you know, and, and especially in this postseason so far, he's been one of those guys that's kind of flying under the radar. I mean, he's not one of the first guys you think about when you think of the Atlanta Braves. I mean, that's your typical Acuna, Freddie Freeman, um, even Marcel Zuna. Um, you know, those guys, I mean, that's your first leadoff hitters, and they have been, you know, fantastic this season. Um, and, and Freddie's coming out and putting a stamp on why he deserves a National League MVP, especially playing against the Dodgers team who, you know, you got Cody Bellinger, you got Corey Seager, Justin Turner. I mean, those guys, they're great. I mean, they're, they're good hitters. They, they play the game well. Uh, they're capable of, of, you know, closing a lead like they did in, in game three um, or game two, rather. Um, you know, so I, I do think that, that they were bound to, to hit that hot streak, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, but I am glad that it happened tonight. I, I do think the Braves get back on track, and um, I, I do like their chances to put the Dodgers away. We can all agree. The Braves, I like their chances going forward. It feels like their year. They've got young hitters all over the field. Uh, it's, it's looking good. But you know what? I think it's time to do what Preston does on my Georgia team and go to sleep. So, <laughs> oh, he, man, Cam just loves throwing shade wherever he can. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. Monday's podcast is going to be a blast. 
if this game actually does happen, not which for I you. do not think it will, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Not for you. Keep that same yep, energy. Not. Hey, hey, we'll we'll see about it. You know, we, we're we're sitting here on Wednesday, and and we got the game on on Saturday, uh, so it'll definitely be interesting episode on Monday, regardless of the outcome. Because uh, I know if Georgia wins, Cam will come in here acting a fool, <laughs> and I know if Alabama wins, Preston will come in here, maybe calm and collected, but and maybe throw his case that Mac Jones is is a Heisman contender. Yes, sir. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, it, it's a it's a tale of of, of two tapes, you know. So. Once again, we'll see, um, you know, but after all, I mean, it's been a fun episode, covered a lot of great things, uh, you know, from some big SEC games and talking about how big of a clown Dan Mullen is. Um, you know, I think we can agree that Adam Gase is the is the worst coach right now in the NFL. Um, and, and Braves are looking hot, man, you know, so we'll see how that goes, at, you know, aside from tonight's game, obviously. But um, I like our chances, uh, you know, go Braves, go Vols. Um, Cam, you suck. Uh, <laughs> so, forty-four to twenty-one. You hate to see it. You love hey, to that, see you it. can you can you can bring that up all you want to, Cam. It doesn't really hurt my feelings. Um, but what will hurt my feelings is if you keep slandering my boys every time you get the chance to. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I get it. You're a Georgia fan. That's what you do, right? You're obnoxious. That's what you love to do. I love so to do, baby. Hey, we'll, we'll move. at least I don't bark yeah. at you. Because I'm not that fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. It could be a lot worse. Um, but uh, great episode tonight, boys. Uh, you know, uh, we appreciate all of your support uh, for all you listeners and viewers. Um, you know, essentially, we, we wouldn't be doing this without you guys. Um, you know, we love talking to about sports and just having a good time um but you know once again we we are getting ready to to throw up those q and a's um you know so be on the lookout for that um been a wild week with uh you know my my tennessee vols losing to georgia it's been tough on me i need some time to kind of recuperate and get my (laughs) mind together Uh, but we are getting that up and running for you guys expect that uh probably sometime early next week and and be on the lookout for that but um, other than that, uh, another shout out to, to Matt and, and all of our editing crew. Do a great job. We appreciate that. Um, but closing out, any any of you guys got anything else to say? Go dogs and go Steelers. Those dogs, man. Poor guys. They're going to get put down this weekend. I love dogs too. It makes me so sad to think about. Right, right. Bryce, you got you got any uh, hot takes or you got any um, – you know, anything to close out with tonight? Just want to say go Knowles, that's all. Go. Man, I love the optimism. I mean, imagine pulling for a team. So, actually, I, I do. You don't have I've to been imagine. there. I've been there. I don't have to imagine. I've been there, you know, pulling for a team that's so bad. But uh, our prayers and our thoughts go out to you, Bryce, as One you deal through this, this tough time. Um, but other than that, like I said, we appreciate all you guys. And uh, stay tuned for more content. And go Vols, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you like our content, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Too Many Audibles.